145th sign. Footnote start. Molly Ismail, in one of his pamphlets, had prayed against me invoking my death. Then soon after this curse he died, and his curse recoiled upon himself. Footnote end. In his booklet, Fateh Rahmani, that was published to refute me in 1315 Hijra and was printed at the Ahmadi Press Ludhiana, Malvi Ghulam Dastagiri Kasuri prayed against me in the form of a mubahila. This maledictive prayer of his on page 26 and 27 of the said book, Mubahila of Ghulam Dastagir. O Allah, O Master of Glory and Honor, O Lord of Sovereignty, just as in response to the prayer and effort of a godly scholar, as a Muhammad Tahir Gujarati, author of Majmai Biharul Anwar, you destroyed the false Mahdi and fake Messiah who was born in his time. Similar is the prayer and petition of this humble one, Kusuri. May God be on his side, who is exerting to the best of his ability in support of your true religion, that you may enable the Mirza of Qadian and his companions to genuinely repent. But if that is not so decreed, then make them the object of this verse of the Holy Quran. So the very roots of the people who did wrong were cut off, and all praise belongs to Allah. Surah Al-Anam, chapter 6, verse 46 of the Holy Quran. You have power over everything, and acceptance of prayer is worthy of you. Amin. Note by Masiyamad, again in the footnote on page 26 of the aforementioned book, the Marwi has written about me. Quote, May he and his followers perish. Quote end. Thus, I am still alive by the grace of God Almighty, and the number of my followers is about 50 times greater than it was at that time. As is obvious, Malvi Ghulam Dastagir had left a decision regarding my truth or falsehood to the verse. So the very roots of the people who did wrong were cut off, and all praise belongs to Allah. Surah Al-Nam, chapter 6, verse 46 of the Holy Quran which in this context means that the root of whosoever is unjust will be cut off. And it is no secret to any scholar that the application of the aforesaid verse is general, and it affects the one who is the wrongdoer. Therefore, it was but necessary that the wrongdoer should be destroyed by virtue of this verse. Since in Allah's sight, Ghulam Dastakir Kasuri was the wrongdoer, he did not even get the respite to see the publication of his book, and died even before its publication. Everyone knows that he died within a few days after his prayer. Some ignorant Mawis write that Ulam Dastagir did not do the Mubahila. He had only prayed against the wrongdoer. But I say that when he had sought God's adjudication with my death and had declared me to be the wrongdoer, why then did the malediction backfire upon him? Footnote start. Ulam Dastagir's intention about me was that I would die as a result of his malediction and that it would be the proof that I was a liar and fabricator. And like Muhammad Tahir, it would prove the miracle of Ulam Dastagir. In this regard, my God, addressing me, said, I shall humiliate him who designs to humiliate you. In the end, Ulam Dastagir perished by the verdict of God and I am still alive by the grace of God and this is a magnificent sign. Footnote end. Why did God single out Ghulam Dastagir for death at such a critical time when people were eagerly awaiting the verdict from God?
whereas he wished my death in his prayer in order to prove to the world that just as a false Mahdi and a false Messiah had died as a result of Muhammad Tahir's malediction, so would I die as a result of his prayer? Why then was the effect of his prayer exactly the opposite? It is true that a false Mahdi and a false Messiah had died as a result of Muhammad Tahir's malediction, and emulating that same Muhammad Tahir, Ghulam Dastagir, had prayed against me. It is indeed a point to ponder as to what the effect of Muhammad Tahir's malediction was and what the effect of Ghulam Dastagir's prayer was. Should you now assert that Ghulam Dastagir died by chance, then you should also affirm that the false Mahdi too died by chance and that it was no miracle of Muhammad Tahir's. The curse of Allah be upon the liars. About 11 years have passed since the death of Ghulam Dastagir. God killed him who was a wrongdoer and ruined his house. Now speak up with justice. Who was uprooted upon whom did the prayer befall? Says Allah the Almighty in Surah Tawbah, chapter 9, verse 98 of the Holy Quran. Meaning that, O Prophet, these evil-minded enemies wait for all kinds of calamities to befall you. They themselves will be overtaken by calamities. Thus, according to this noble verse, it is the way of Allah that if anyone invokes a curse upon a truthful person, that very curse backfires on him. This way of Allah is evident from the explicit dicta of the Qur'an and Ahadith. Now tell me, has Ghulam Dastagir, after invoking this curse, died or not? Therefore, explain to me the mystery behind why a false messiah fell dead from the malediction of Muhammad Tahir, Yet the one who prayed against me fell dead himself. God extended my life so that I have remained alive for eleven years, yet he did not grant Ghulam Dastagir even a single month's respite. 146th sign. Nawab Muhammad Hayat Khan, who was a divisional judge, had been suspended on a criminal charge. There seemed to be no possibility of his acquittal. That is when he requested me for prayer, and I did pray. Thereupon, God revealed to me that he would be acquitted. This news was communicated to him and to many others beforehand, as was recorded in detail in Brahim Ahmadiyya. Eventually, he was acquitted by the grace of God Almighty. 147th sign. Once in March 1905, owing to sparse income, the budgetary position of the Langar Khana community kitchen was rather lean. Guests were coming in multitudes, but its income was comparatively meager. Therefore, supplication was made. On March 5, 1905, I saw in a dream that a person who appeared to be an angel came in front of me and put a large sum of money in my lap. I asked his name. He said there was no name. I said he must have some name after all. He said his name was Tichi. In Punjabi, Tichi means appointed time or the one who comes exactly at the time of need. Thereupon I woke up. After that, by God's grace, monetary donations poured in by post and by hand in such great abundance as was beyond expectation and imagination. Thousands of rupees were received. Anyone interested in verifying this only has to review the postal record from March 5th, 1905, through the end of the year. You will see how much money was received. It should be borne in mind that this is the way of God Almighty with me, that most of the time he informs me beforehand through a revelation or dream when I am about to receive cash or presents, etc. Signs of this kind must number more than 50,000. 
148th sign. Once it so happened that I was perusing the poetry of Nimetullah Wali, in which he was given the news of my advent through a prophecy, has even mentioned my name, and has foretold that the promised Messiah would appear at the end of the 13th century of the Hijrah. Moreover, he has written this couplet concerning me, meaning that the one who is destined to come will be both the Mahdi and Isa. Both names will apply to him, and he will make claims of both kinds. At the time when I was reciting this couplet, exactly while reading, I received this revelation, meaning that I see that Mawi Sayyad Muhammad Ahsan of Amroha has given up his employment that he had in Bhopal state so as to present himself to the promised Messiah appointed by God and to strive in support of his claim. This was a prophecy that very clearly fulfilled afterwards as these distinguished Mawi Sahib with great resolve and determination compiled a number of books in support of my claim, held debates with people and is still engaged in the same task. May Allah bless his work and reward him for this service. Amin. 149th sign. On page 522 of Brahin Ahmadiyya, the following prophecy is on record. Now come forward and go forth as your time is near. The time is now coming that the people of Muhammad will be lifted from the pit and their steps will be planted firmly on a strong tower. This text appears in Rohani Khazain, volume 1, page 623, published in 2008. More than 25 years have elapsed since the time when this prophecy from the God of honor and glory was published in Brahina Ahmadiyya. Its connotation was, The days of your good fortune are about to dawn, which will exalt the glory and honor of the faith of Muhammad. As all know, that was the time when I lay hidden and concealed in the corner of an anomaly. I did not have a single person with me, nor did anyone ever expect that I would be granted this station. Indeed, I myself was totally unaware of such future magnificence and glory. The truth of the matter is that I was nothing at all. Later, God selected me entirely out of His grace and not because of any talent on my part. I was unknown. He made me known, and He did it with such rapidity as the lightning that suddenly reveals its flash from one end to the other. I was ignorant. He granted me knowledge from his own. I did not have any financial capacity. He rained hundreds and thousands of rupees on me. I was alone. He subjected hundreds and thousands of people to me, and he manifested signs in my favor both in heaven and on earth. I don't know why he did this for me, for I see no merit in myself. I find it befitting my condition to recite this couplet of Sheikh Saadi Anhu in the presence of the Lord of Honor. Those who were numbered among your elect reached their destination. I wonder what merit you found in a person as humble as me. My God helped me in every respect. Everyone who stood up against me in enmity was forced to fall down. For each one who dragged me into the course to penalize me, my Lord granted me victory in all those litigations. To each one who invoked a curse upon me, my master reverted that very curse upon him. The ill-fated Lekram, driven by his false hopes, made an announcement about me that I, along with all of my sons, would die within a period of three years. The final outcome was that he himself died issueless in accordance with my prophecy and no one was left in the world from among his progeny. 
So did Abdul Haqqaz Nawi arise, who sought my destruction with his malediction by way of Mubahla. Well, all that success I enjoyed in every respect was after his Mubahla. Hundreds of thousands became my followers, and hundreds of thousands of rupees poured in. In almost all the world, I came to be known to the extent that people belonging to foreign lands entered my jamaat. I was subsequently blessed with a number of sons, but Abdul Haq remained issueless, which is tantamount to death. Footnote start. Repeatedly addressing Abdul Haq Ghaznawi after the Mubahla, I have written in my book Anvarul Islam, If you can escape the after effects of the Mubahla by your prayer, do try to see that a son is born to you so that you do not remain issueless, which otherwise will be considered to be one effect of the Mubahla. Therefore, after so much insistence, he must have made supplications after the Mubahila. In the end, he remained issueless. What greater sign could there possibly be than this? Footnote end. He failed to receive even an iota of blessing from God Almighty, nor did he receive any honor afterwards, and the following verse became fully applicable to him. Surely, it is your enemy who is without issue. Surah Al-Kawthar Chapter 108, verse 4 of the Holy Quran. Then Ghulam Dastagir Kasuri arose. He was eager to earn fame among his people by praying against me. That is, as Muhammad Tahir had prayed against the fall Messiah and Mahdi, who perished thereafter. Similarly, he sought my destruction by praying against me. But after this prayer against me, he was quickly destroyed in an unprecedented manner. No Mali is able to explain that mystery that whereas Muhammad Tahir's prayer killed the false messiah of his time by praying against him, Ulam Dastagir himself died after praying against the messiah of his time. More tangibly, God Almighty has bestowed upon me such awe that no Christian priest can dare confront me. There was a time when those people publicly shouted at the top of their voices, alleging that no miracle was performed by the Holy Prophet, may peace and blessings of Allah be upon him, and that the Holy Quran contains no prophecy, whereas now God has struck such fear in their hearts that they dare not face themselves in my direction, as if they have all departed from this world. I declare in the name of God in whose hands rests my life that if a Christian priest chooses to face me for this confrontation, God will abase him and make him suffer such chastisement that will have no parallel, and he will not have the power to demonstrate, with the help and power of his imaginary God, what I demonstrate, and my God will rain down signs for me from both heaven and earth. Truly do I say that this blessing has not been bestowed on people belonging to other faiths. Therefore, is there any Christian cleric on the face of this earth, from the east to the ends of the west, who can demonstrate divine signs in comparison with me? I have won the battle. No one can dare confront me. Indeed, this is what God Almighty had by way of a prophecy proclaimed 25 years ago. Now come forward and go forth as your time is near. The time is now coming that the people of Muhammad will be lifted from the pit and their steps will be planted firmly on a strong tower. God is my witness that we, the followers of the Holy Prophet Muhammad, may peace and blessings of Allah be upon him firmly stand on a high minaret, and everyone is under our feet. 150th sign Footnote start. Repeated to provide further details. Footnote end.
on page 35 to 38 of my book, Nurul Haq, part 2, which was published before the plague broke out in the country, is the following prophecy about the plague. Translation God has breathed it into my heart through his revelation that the solar and lunar eclipses are a prelude to a chastisement, namely of the plague which is near. Footnote start. This reference text appears in Rohani Khazain, Volume 8, page 227 to 228, published in 2008. Now, for the sake of God, carefully study my book, Nurul Haq, Part 2, and see how long before the plague broke out. It contains the prophecy about the coming of the plague. Can a human being have the power to make such a prophecy on his own? God Almighty says in Surah Al-Jinn, chapter 72, verse 27 to 28 of the Holy Quran, meaning that to open the door of the unseen to someone to the extent that he dominates the unseen and the unseen is in his control is a kind of access to the knowledge of the unseen that is not granted to anyone except the chosen messengers of God, so that the doors of the unseen are open to him with respect to quality and quantity. True, even ordinary people may occasionally see a true dream or receive a true revelation, and even that is not free from darkness, but the doors to the unseen are not thrown open to them. This gift is granted only to the chosen messengers of God.